just to thank you for our worship team and for the amazing worship that we just had and, and we can only hope that it was pleasing to you. Father, we're so grateful that you have given us a means by which to not only remember what Jesus has done for us, but also to celebrate it and to be thankful for it by simply, uh, well, by a simple recreation of what he did at that Last Supper. And so we now remember that on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks to his Father in heaven for it and then he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples who were seated there at the meal with him. And he said, take this all of you and eat, for this is my body given for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then when the supper was ended, he took a cup, and again he thanked his father for it. And this too he turned and he gave to his disciples, and he said, take this all of you and drink. For this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, blood that was shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of your sins, so that whenever you eat of this bread or drink of this cup, you will do so and remember me. And so, Father, right now, we just give thanks for this simple meal of bread and juice. And we ask that you would consecrate it now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would make it to be for us in this moment your body and blood. The body of Jesus given for you. And the blood of Jesus shed for you. Lord, again, we give you thanks. We pray that this spiritual food will strengthen us to not only strive to know you better, but to better do your will. So we ask this now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So before Pastor Chip comes up to bring our message today, I wanted to uh, do another little promotion for the School of Kingdom Ministry. And so I've got a little video that I want to show you. Uh, and then a few other things to tell you. We live in a fallen world full of darkness, loneliness, disease, and oppression. The world isn't what it should be. For this reason, God sent his son to break through the darkness and to bring the kingdom. But how do we see God's kingdom released today? How does God's will manifest? The answer is each one of us. 
God has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. He has given us a new identity and a new destiny. We are God's redemptive plan. Through him, we release God's kingdom. Through him, we bring wholeness and restoration to a broken world. The School of Kingdom Ministry is dedicated to growing you in your God-given identity and destiny. So come, learn, be trained and empowered to partner with the Holy Spirit in changing the world with Jesus. All right. And so, uh, again, just wanted to make you aware of the fact that we are now in the midst of registrations for the School of Kingdom Ministry that will start in September of this year. Uh, you can register, and we've had two folks register already. So we are on the way to uh, another great semester or year of School of Kingdom Ministry. You can register in a couple of ways. There's this... Um, uh, if you have our mobile app, or if you don't, it shows you up on the screen how to download the mobile app. Uh, and then just by texting uh, 804-403-8137, and you just text the word app, A-P-P, to that, and uh, then the app will automatically download for you. And then once you have that, you just go on to it, and there's a box at the very top that says registration. So you just click on that, and you fill out a, a brief form, name, phone number, email address, and I think mobile carrier are the things that we need so that we can kind of stay in touch with you. So you do that, you'll be registered, and then we'll get you more information as we get closer to uh, the day when, um, when we'll actually be starting the school. So uh, if you have any questions about that, you can see any one of us, John uh, in particular, or myself, or Chip as well, um, can just kind of fill you in on sort of what's, uh, what the requirements are and so forth. So, uh, and basically, you just show up. There really aren't, there's not a lot of homework. Uh, there's a little bit of reading that you do that's easily done in the course of a week. Um, you read that ahead of time, you come to class. Uh, there's a teaching. There's a time of empowerment where we uh, activate whatever particular ministry area we may be working with that particular uh, week. And then there's a time of actually practicing that. Uh, so you get to actually practice this with people that you know, uh, who you've get, you get to know in the class, even if you don't know them when you start, you'll, you will get to know them. And uh, it's a safe place to do that. You know, that's the, that's the great thing about it is we're oftentimes we're afraid to go out and try some of these things, um, you know, just on our own, but you, we can do it in this kind of safe environment with people there who can coach you and guide you and sort of help you um, and cheer you on, you know, in, in with whatever's going on. And so uh, we just highly recommend it. So if you have any questions at all, contact us, and that's the registration. And so now we'll uh, get Pastor Chip up here and uh, get on with our message. Let's, um, can you cut the lights out for a second? I want to kind of start this a little differently. I'm going to move this because I'm 100% sure I'll knock it off. Go ahead, Kyle, whenever you're ready. Would you stand for a moment? I know you've been singing and worshiping and all that good stuff. But I want to re-invite the presence of Jesus. Is that all right? So if you would bow your heads getting back into a position of worship. You can cut the guitar up a little bit. 
in the house. I just want you right where you're at right now to begin to thank Jesus, begin to praise Jesus, begin to tell him how worthy he is. You're welcome to get on the floor. You're welcome to kneel at your seat. You're welcome to lift your hands. But let's fill this room with the sound of worship. You see, not worship, that's just a song, but just let's really praise him. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. But let's usher the presence in. Thank you, Jesus. Just if you can't figure it out, start thinking about your family and thanking him. You know, if dying for your sins wasn't enough for you, thank him for that, your family. Thank him for your church. Think of his beauty. Focus on him. Thank you, Jesus. If you speak in tongues, pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Come on, church, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, Lord. Keep pressing in, keep pressing in, keep pressing in. You might want to lift your hands. See, worship isn't just singing. This is worship. Declaring the worship of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Begin binding the power of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Keep pressing. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right when you feel like you've done it too long and it's awkward, that's about we're about to cross over. Because what we're doing right now is breaking out of that flesh realm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It could have been dead, but I'm not. <laughs> could have never seen my family again, but I see him again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for sitting in heaven on the throne, Lord. Thank you for sitting on the throne, Lord. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy, worthy. See, worship is declaring the worship. There's only one song playing in heaven. And it's talking about how worthy he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I speak to any stomach issue in the room. I speak to pancreas issues right now in Jesus' name and command them to be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you want to sing out. Sing out in your own song. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. You're worthy, God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Lord, would you just be with us today? Lord, come, your presence, come in this room like a mighty rushing wind, oh God. Like a mighty rushing wind, oh God. We need your anointing, oh God. 
We're begging for it, Lord. Not because you don't want to give it to us, but because you want us to push for it. You want us to possess it. The kingdom of, of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And we're, we're pulling it down. We're pulling it down. We're pulling it down. We're pulling it down. We declare open heavens, Jesus, right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Keep pressing in, church. See, there's answers to prayers that you don't have because you don't press in. Thank you. Thank you. God is so good. Does anybody have a word from the Lord? Any, any words or pictures or anything? You're welcome to share it. If not, we're going to launch into it. He's so good. He's so beautiful. You know, I say it all the time, but Jesus is not a concept. He's not an idea. He's a real person. He's a real person with real thoughts and feelings and opinions. He's, he's seated right now. He's actually paying attention. He's not off in some nebulous little world with some big screen of, <laughs> of all the churches meeting right now. He's interested in intimacy with you. Holy Spirit, come, move, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated, but stay in this, this frame of mind. Kyle, I'll probably call you back up later. Thank you, Kyle. So we're continuing in, in our series of life in the Spirit. And last week, Pastor Jeff did such an amazing job, as always, talking about the identity we have in Christ the identity we have in Christ. And today I want to talk about the authority of the believer. The authority of the believer. I'm going to, I have a lot of scripture, but we're going to kind of start with um, Luke 10, verse 17 through 19. It says this, it says, the seven, and I added, I added in the backstory. So the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, this is Jesus. And I really just put this in because it's sweet. It's just, it's just awesome. It's just, Jesus is cool when he says stuff. He says, yeah, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I mean, that's who says that. And he says this, then behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint me to speak only your words, God. Anoint me to say only what it is you'd want me to say, Lord God. Anoint me to do what it is you want me to do. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. We're expectant of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we hear that scripture, we've got to understand at first, he's not literally talking about scorpions and snakes. I mean, he can keep them from hurting you. He does that in the Bible. But he's talking about the demonic powers. He's talking about you have authority over all of, let's start with that, over all of the power of the enemy. Over, there's nothing the enemy, Satan, can do that can stop you 
The only thing that can give him the upper hand is you. There's nothing the enemy can do because Jesus, the Bible says Jesus has all the authority. And he's given us that authority. And that authority is over the ability of the enemy. As believers on the earth, we are to take our authority and stop the enemy from being able to do things. And this whole series is sort of an overview of the kingdom ministry class. So I want to dive in at first. I want to talk about worldview to put this scripture into some type of context. We live in a westernized society of science and money and modern medicine, and I'm not saying those things are bad, but it shapes our thinking. So what happens is, if we hear somebody say something like, oh, that earthquake was, was caused by, by, the, by the devil, or the devil made you sick, or the devil did this, or the devil did that, our natural instinct is to kind of go, well, maybe, even the Christians, or to say God can heal anything. You know, we love to pray for headaches, amen. We love to pray for hurt knees, we love to see like feet and stuff grow out, but do, but, and we believe God can do it. But do you believe God can heal AIDS? Do you believe God can heal cancer? Do you believe God can heal things that there is no answer to? Because it's hard for us to wrap our heads around that because our worldview in the Western world is science is what is what's real. Science is what's foundational. And Christianity and faith, that's just this kind of thing that people do to feel better about dying one day. But that's not true. So what we have to do to truly pick up our authority as believers is to begin to shift the way we think. Begin to say, hey, that person's doing this horrible thing to me. They seem to come against everything I'm doing. There comes a point where sometimes you have to go, maybe that's the devil. Maybe the enemy is working. Maybe the enemy is having some type of power here. And we have to start approaching it like that. The reason some of us have so many issues is we're attacking spiritual problems with physical answers. We're dealing with things as if they are not spiritual, and then we'll, oh, I'll pray about it when nothing else works. Oh, I'll pray about it. So what we've got to do is shift our thinking. Yes, God is very active in the world. God is still interested in changing lives. God is still interested in raising the dead. You can, you, say, put your hand on your heart, say me. Say, I can raise the dead. Well, Chip, that makes me nervous. So, you mean Jesus? Yes, Jesus, but he said, you do it. <laughs> you go out and you do it. You see, it's really convenient for a worldview to say, God does what he wants and he's sovereign and that's great and whatever. I just kind of float around and let it happen. That's not what he's called us to do. He's given us authority and he's given us Holy Spirit so we can go out and we can change situations. We have to start approaching the way we do life with a spiritual lens. Amen? We have to start attacking problems and issues, not as if, oh, that person just doesn't like me, or oh, I just get sick, oh, I just get confused, oh, I just get this or that. Our worldview has to shift, and we have to realize that there are spiritual realities. This physical, this is a physical item. You can see it, you can touch it, you can taste it, that'd be weird, but you could. It's a physical item. That, this item is is not as substantial or real as what's going on in the spirit that you can't see. See, there are angels in this room, I believe, right now. I believe that there are, I don't necessarily believe there are demonic forces in the room. I'm sure they'd like to be, but we're not going to let them. But there are demonic forces out in the world, and they're attacking, and they're active. We have to start living in a spiritually centered reality. Chip, every time I hear you talk, you talk about this. That's because we have to get it. 
We can't go through life thinking everything is cause and effect, physical this and physical that. And when I'm saying physical, I mean the physical realm. No, there is a very active enemy and a very active God. Amen. And what he's called us to do is come in and live in that spiritual reality. Live in that reality where we can actually see. How would you like to see your finances turn around? Oh, that's prosperity. Calm down. How would you like to see your health turn around? How would you like to see your family saved? How would you like to see your church grow? How would you, all of these things are not solved by gimmicks. All of these things are not solved by, maybe if they hear this preacher, all of these things are solved by living with the understanding that everything that happens is triggering something in the spirit. Everything that happens is releasing something in the spirit. Every move you make, everything you say is either representative of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the enemy. There's really, well, Chip, what about that? There's no in between. There's no in between. We have to acknowledge these spiritual realities. We spend so much time building up our treasures on earth, building up our reputations on earth, building up our relationships on earth, building up this on earth and that on earth, and in reality, all of that's going to pass away. Only thing that's going to remain is what Jesus does. I think it's in your kitchen, Grandma. Maybe it's not anymore. She has a little sign that says, um, only what's done, one life twill, twill. You know it's, you know it's biblical when it says twill. <laughs> that's, like a, that's a Jesus word. Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's so true. Only what's done for Jesus is going to last. That's what I love about the School of Kingdom Ministry. That's what I love about this church. We, there's plenty of churches meeting right now. They don't know if the Holy Spirit's there or not. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter to them. I don't mean they are doing that on purpose, but they have their programs and they have their music and they have their this and they have their that. And whether the Holy Spirit moves or not, they're still going to have church the same way. That's our reality. That's actually what most Christians prefer in America is a church that I can know what to expect. I can sit down. It's programmed. Everyone there looks like me. Everyone there acts like me. Everyone there talks like me. What we need to do is we need to start thinking in the kingdom realm and in the kingdom way that if Holy Spirit doesn't come, then there's no point. Amen? There's no point. If, G if Jesus isn't involved, why are we doing it? And that's where we have to begin to live. And you can live that way at work. Your, your job isn't off limits to God because it's certainly not off limits to the devil. I don't, you, should, you shouldn't trust me. I work in a call center. It is not off limits to the devil. In fact, I think he has us on like speed dial. Like he calls straight from hell. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but you can carry that same anointing and that same Holy Spirit into your job and all of a sudden that boss that doesn't like you, their attitude will start to change because you'll start praying for them. All of a sudden, you might not even be qualified for the position or for the raise, but God will give it to you because you're walking in a spiritual reality. God, you see, we plan things and we know how things should go and how things should be, but when God wants to answer one of your prayers, he will do it in a way that you did not even expect. I prayed for a debt cancellation. I, I did. Lord, give me debt cancellation. Give me, I totaled my car. I don't have a car payment anymore. <laughs> he didn't answer that the way I thought. It didn't go that way. But he did it. He did what I was asking. And, that, and I'm not saying, and he, I survived, obviously. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's not always going to come that way. And if we start looking at things in the spiritual realm and in the spiritual realities, we'll start to see things in a totally different view. We'll start to see the reasoning behind things. 
Why is there so much hatred in our world? Why is there so much fear in our world? Why is there so much confusion in our world? It's because the devil is like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And the church is sitting on the sidelines going, oh, that's sad, I'll pray. But then you go to Starbucks and meet your friend and forget to pray. And then you get a letter saying, oh, Grandma died. Oh, I'm sorry, and you'll send a cake and be done. And in reality, God wanted you to take, take a day off and go to the hospital and pray, and they would have been healed miraculously. Because when we start looking at things spiritually, you'll stop missing opportunities to do God's work. So many of us have missed our opportunities to do what God has called us to do because we're not viewing it as a spiritual reality. We're not viewing the spiritual as important. And when Jesus gave us that authority, because he said, I'm going, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to carry his ministry out. Amen? I cannot stand to hear people say, well, this is my ministry, and this is my ministry, and my ministry is a... You don't have a ministry. (laughs) If you have a ministry, I don't want to be part of it. Because guess what? It's all Jesus' ministry. We're we're just under-shepherds here. We all get to partner in Jesus' ministry. Well, Chip, what was Jesus' ministry? It was reconciliation. It was healing. It was deliverance. Well, Chip, I don't know if I can do all of that. You can because of that authority. God wants you to take authority over the demonic. Demons are real. And they're not like the movies where, well, they can be, but we get this view of how demons work from Hollywood. Demons are everywhere. There's powers and there's principalities at work, and they are constantly moving, and they are constantly attacking, and they are constantly influencing people. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. I think we have it up there. We will in a second. We don't? That's okay. Anyway, we don't need it. We don't need it today. We, ha- we can take the authority over the demonic. When you see somebody acting crazy, yelling and cussing at you, what if instead of cussing back, you said, in the name of Jesus, stop. Or start praying in the spirit. When you go into a bad situation, maybe you should start going in armed and dangerous with the spirit of God on you. Amen? You can take authority over that. Some of the depression, some of the anxiety, some of the fear, some of the just emptiness you feel is a demon spirit plaguing you. Well, Chip, Christians can't be possessed, and they can't, be, they can't have demons, and they can't be oppressed, and we can get all into the Greek or not. But I've met enough Christians, and I've seen enough demons come out of enough Christians to tell you Christians absolutely can be oppressed by the demonic. So we have to not only, that's kind of direct, but then we have influence over the atmosphere. And this is kind of getting abstract, but we have nice lights, and it's a good atmosphere in here. But there's also a spiritual atmosphere. In every place you go, it's a territory. Every place you go either belongs to the devil or it belongs to God. Meaning it's either been consecrated for one or the other. There is a different spiritual environment in this church than there is at the strip club. Amen? There is a different spiritual environment in this church than at a bar. There's a different in spiritual environment everywhere you go. Have you ever gone into somebody's house and you just feel weird? That's because there might be something satanic there. I remember I went to a little kid's birthday party, and <laughs> this is my life. I'm sitting there on the sofa feeling so uncomfortable, feeling this uneasy feeling, feeling like, what's going on? And I turn around and look, and there's a satanic Bible on the shelf behind me. So that, she said, ew, I love that. But, and that's what I mean. You can feel it. But as a Christian, you have two options. You can be pressed down by that atmosphere, 
You can be knocked down, oppressed. You just leave a place feeling worse. Or you can walk in and you can say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this atmosphere and I command Satan and his demons to go. You can command it to shift. If there is chaos and confusion in your house, because there's arguments and there's, there's craziness, you can walk into your own home and say, Satan, get out and just start praying for angels to come and fill that place. Start praying for the atmosphere to be charged with the spirit of God. Amen. And as you do that, you'll begin to see things start shifting. It'll all of a sudden become easier to have some hard conversations with relatives. It'll all of a sudden become easier to do ministry. It'll, your kids will start behaving a little better. You'll start seeing things just start to move all because you said, I am not going to fall under this atmosphere. I am not going to fall under this chaos. I am going to rise up and take my authority over the enemy and over his power. And I'm going to say enough is enough. Does anybody have a place that they need to go do that at? I know I do. So we have that. We also have authority over the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Turn on the news, man. Go in a hospital. You'll see them. Talk to some people about their childhoods. Hear the trauma. The works of the devil are, are horrible. The works of the devil are, they, they destroy things. They destroy people. But Jesus is, and we all pray, God, do something, do something, do something. And God's looking down at us going, do something, do something, do something. Because he said, I already, I already did everything. Everything's done. He, on the cross, everything's done. Now it's up to us to manifest what's in the kingdom onto the earth. How do you undo the works of the devil? It means you serve him in ways that you have to have faith. It means that if there are orphans, you go and you feed them and you love them. It means if they're sick, you still pray for them. And I don't mean this little, if it's God's will, Lord, heal them. Lord, if it's your will, would you take away Betty's cancer? But even if you don't, Lord, we know that you, no, no. We've all heard those. Go in there and act like you believe Jesus can do something. Amen? Act like you believe that he's actually God. We're talking about God, the creator of the universe. We're talking about God who, who breathed life into you, who knew you before you were formed. We're talking about a God who is holding all things together through the power of his word. I promise you that little sickness is nothing to him. Amen? Well, Chip, not everybody gets healed. That's true. I don't know why. If you'd rather harp on that, that's cool. I'd rather go out and see people get healed. You've got to take authority over the works of the enemy, over sickness. When we live in a country where we see division, we have got to stop. We've got to take heed and say, this is right, this is wrong. How do we get to the middle? Whether it's in politics, whether it's in race, whether it's in whatever, whether it's in your office and it's, it's people fighting. We as Christians are called to bring reconciliation, amen? We're always called to do that. We're, there's never a time. We're to undo that, the works of the devil. We are to undo that brokenness in people. I don't know, maybe your life has been easy and you've never faced anything. <laughs> Amen. But if you talk to some people, they've been through some stuff. If we put everything up on the screen that each one of you has been through in your life, the abuse, the insults, all the issues... We would be shocked. We would look around and say, how is that person walking around functioning? 
How does that person get out of bed when their father talked to them like that, when their mother did that? How did that person recover after that horrible night in college? How did that person get over that horrible divorce? And there are people walking around every day and they're being strong and they're broken and they're hurting and you have the answer. How selfish is it of us? How selfish is it of us to carry around the light of the world, to carry around the hope and the answer and walk by broken and dying people and because we're too busy or because we see things differently that we don't stop to help. We have to repent as a church, not us, but as a church in general. We have so much that the world needs and we hold it hostage from them. Well, they don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They have a different belief than me. They're a different religion. You never hear Jesus saying any of those things. You never hear Jesus go, that person doesn't believe in the same God. I'm not going to heal them. You never hear Jesus go, oh, I only do headaches. I don't do cancer. You never hear Jesus say, I'll deal with that demon. I won't deal with. Jesus was pretty straightforward with undoing these works. You come to him and he did it. Amen. And that's how he was. So that's how we've got to be as well. And we have that authority to speak to that sickness and speak to that body and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. To speak to that brokenness and say, the enemy can't have a foothold in Jesus' name, go. You have the authority to cast demons out of people. Lay your hands on your children. Lay your hands on your family and say, in the name of Jesus, go. In the name of Jesus, out. And you'll see things change. We've become so scared of things. I don't, I don't like getting into all that. That's what, that's what everybody says. Well, all that's gotten into you. So that's the problem we have. You have authority over, over the demonic and over the works of the devil. You have authority over your own circumstances. What? Well, I'm glad you asked about that. Romans 4.17. Do we have that? I think we do. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he, who, and they're talking about Abraham. And then it says this, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. What? That scripture blew my mind. And God's really been convicting me about this lately. What are you thinking and what are you speaking over your life? Because here's the thing, we're made in God's image. We all can agree on that. God spoke the world into existence. God speaks things into creation. When it says we're made in God's image, that doesn't mean that we look just like God. I really hope God is built better than this. Like, I, you know, I, I hope God is like chiseled or something. You, know, that's, you never see a fat Jesus on the cross. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> that's really weird. If you did see that, uh, we should build one. No, but, but really, we're made in the image of God, and that means spiritually. So the same authority that he's given us, we have the ability to create circumstances in our life. If you always say, I'm broke, I'm poor, you're always going to be broke and poor. If you always say, I'm sick, I never feel good, you're always going to be sick and never feel good. If you say that person's never going to change, they may not. What if you totally change things, and you use that creative authority you have to say, I'm sick, but I'm being healed. Amen? I'm not talking that weird faith people do where they deny anything's happening. I'm not sick. Well, you just, you are, but you're being healed. 
I'm, I'm not broke. I, money is coming to me because I have to finance the kingdom. See, where we get scared to talk about money and prosperity in church is really not prosperity Jesus hates. Because Jesus calls us to give to the poor, calls us to give to the church, calls us to take care of our family. Amen, we all agree? My, that takes some money. <laughs> like, that, that's not, that takes a little bit. It's when we start being, asking for prosperity because we're greedy. God, I want a Rolls Royce. God doesn't care about that. God, I want this. God, I want that. God wants you to be fully whole. God wants you to be whole as a person. Body, mind, spirit, soul, all that. So we've got to take these resources and we've got to start using them for that. But when you, what you say is what is creating it in your life. What if instead of saying this is a done deal, this is a dead situation, you said, no, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get through this. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to recover. In the name of Jesus, my marriage is going to be healed. In the name of Jesus, my sickness is gone. In the just start speaking and using your creative powers. And it even says calling those things that aren't as though they are. It sounds crazy. It doesn't make sense. But that's the kingdom. Call those, when we pray for God to do something, we're asking him to change something that isn't a certain way. Amen? So, Chip, you've told us about this authority. How, what do I do now? Well, before we get any further, you've got to start taking authority that you've given away back. Because, you see, <laughs> Jesus gave us authority over the earth. We gave the authority to the enemy at the fall of mankind. And there's areas in your life where you've given authority to the enemy. Where you have completely said, hey, you can have this part of my life. You can, you, you can do whatever you want. Oh, what? What would that be? Bitterness gives authority to the enemy. You ever met somebody bitter? I hate everything. I don't like nobody. Everybody's out to get me. Everybody thinks this. Everybody, nah, I, nah, nah. throwing themselves around just bitter, just angry. You're giving authority. That's not the heart of the Father. You're giving authority to the enemy by remaining bitter. And understand this, bitterness is completely in your control. That's in your control. You can decide to not be, you could right now say, I'm not going to be bitter. You might not feel any different, but if you start speaking it and walking in it and living in it, you will see the bitterness leave. You will see that stronghold go. In fact, Ephesians 4, 27 through 28 says this. I think we do have that one, right? Yeah, there we go. And do not, see, I don't have the clicker. I'm not good like that. It's too many things to do at once for me. I'm not as smart as Pastor Jeff. He's like a PhD. I'm like from the street. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that would mean. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 27 through 23 says this. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer. But rather, he must labor, perform, and then it goes on. But it's really that first part I want to focus on. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Then it says, he who steals, steals no longer. He who's bitter, be bitter no longer. You fill in the blank. That bitterness, that angriness, that, that unforgiveness, we have that. You who, don't for, who won't forgive, don't hold unforgiveness any longer. The enemy has so much authority over you when you walk in bitterness, when you walk in unforgiveness. The Bible even says, forgive as Christ forgave us. You're holding up your own blessings because you can't forgive somebody who did something to you 20 years ago. You can't forgive somebody who, who hurt you. You'd rather hold. How much more power do you want to give that person? 
How much more power? You know, there's, it's one thing to be abused. And then when the abuse stops, don't allow them to keep abusing you in your mind. Some people are being abused by people who are dead. Been dead for 30 years, you still hear the words your dad said to you. Been divorced for 15 years, you're still, still living in the unforgiveness. Still living in the... See, to them, they, you're like, I don't understand how they moved on. I don't understand how they're so happy. And they're, they're not even thinking about you. And you're still stewing. And you're still angry. And meanwhile, the devil's sitting there going, I'm loving this. Because I can hold everything that God has for you up. Because you're the only person that can cause it not to manifest. And when he can get his grips on you and keep you from being forgiving, then you've got to understand you're holding things up. Let me throw one in that the church loves to talk about. Sexual sin. Yeah, that can be a stronghold for the devil. If I put your browser history on these screens right now, because <laughs> we have it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> that, if I put your browser history up on this screen right now, what you looked at on your cell phone, what you looked at when you thought everybody was, was gone, what would show? Would there be a stronghold? Would there be something there that is, that is sinful? Because the devil can get in that way too. And not only that can the devil get in that way, but he can bind you to some really messed up people through that. And he can use that to create soul ties and all kinds of things that can just destroy you. And, you can, and that, that sin's not worse than any other sin. Whether it's, you know, pornography or, or not being married and whatever it is. I know, it's, it's awkward. But it's a stronghold. See, the church is silent on things because we don't, we don't want to talk about it, and the devil has a field day with it. Greed, we talked about that. And then there's a victim spirit. You ever met someone who's just a victim? Always the victim. They're the victim. They could be the victor, and they make themselves the victim. Somebody who goes around, everything bad happens to me. I can never overcome. I can never prosper. That's, that's the devil. You need to break that. So what do you do? What do you do to take authority over and reclaim and get things back? Well, I'm glad that you want to know that. Would you stand with me? Because I want to tell you. Kyle, you can come back up. Matthew 18, 18 says this. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I looked up in all the concordances what that means. Binding actually means to bind. <laughs> it means to tie up. It means to, to stop. Loosing actually means to loose. But one of the words that came when I was studying it was the word release. Release. And the, with that scripture, Jesus saying it, he's saying, I've given you the authority to bind the power of the enemy on the earth, to stop what's going on and to release heaven into the earth heaven into the earth. You can go ahead, Kyle. So right now, there's a couple things I want you to do. And you're welcome to come up here and pray if you want. You're welcome to be at your seat, whatever. First off, I want you to search yourself and just ask the Lord, if there's any place in me where I've given authority to the devil, I renounce that right now in Jesus' name. In fact, why don't you pray after me? In Jesus' name, 
I renounce any bond, any permission, and any place I gave to the enemy in my life. In Jesus' name, I command any demonic spirit to leave me now in Jesus' name. I am free and I am whole. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Wouldn't it be nice to walk out of here unburdened? Now the next thing I want you to do, and then we'll move into our ministry time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to think of something in your life that seems unchangeable. Something in your life that seems dead. Something in your life that you have no control over. And whatever comes in your mind when I say that, you've got to understand that could be the Holy Spirit showing it to you. Because if you can see it, faith is the evidence of things unseen. The Amplified Version says it's the title and it's the deed. So if you can see it with your spirit, with your heart's eyes, you can manifest it. So maybe it's a lost loved one, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a sickness. But right now, I just challenge you to, whether again, you come up here, stand there, begin to pray and begin to declare and begin to decree with the authority Jesus has given you, a change in that circumstance. Begin to say things like, my child will come to the Lord. My marriage will be healed. My finances will be whole. My depression will go. But no one can pray this for you. You've got to pray it. You've got to mean it. So right now, you can do it out loud. I would encourage that even. Just begin to command things to shift. Begin to bind and to loose things. So you can walk into this week and the rest of your life walking in the authority of God. Jesus, Jesus. And if you need prayer, we're going to move into our ministry time. Pastor Jeff, I think he's going to come up talk about that. We're more than glad to pray for you. We'll be in the corners chilling. You have a mic? You have a mic. Amen. the service this morning and uh, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just say you know and I do this in a journal it's like you know father is there anything that you want to say to me today and um, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't and, and so you just with whatever but this morning first thing that came to my mind was Matthew 5 3 Matthew 5 3 um, Said, says, blessed are the uh, spiritually poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting thing to say. So I wrote and said, why did you say that about, to me? 
And the answer I got back was, because you're spiritually poor. So I thought, okay, what do you mean by that? And actually, it doesn't really mean what you might think it does if you really kind of dig into it. And I mean, he answered this, and then I went to several you know, commentaries that I have, and it said essentially the same thing. What it means when, you're not, when you are spiritually poor is that you're not full of yourself in a spiritual way. Okay? It means that you don't think you know everything. Because what God went on to tell me was, he says, I say that to you because you're teachable and there are things that I want to teach you. It means you're not spiritually arrogant, I guess is a good way to say it. And so, I tell you this story because I think there's an awful lot of people who think they are spiritually poor and they they think it in terms of a negative. And I'm here to tell you that's not it. The other thing that's interesting is if you look at the Beatitudes, there's only two of them that talk about a current reality. Everything else is in the future. It's one that talks about inheriting the kingdom. That's a future reality. What does this, what does 5.3 say? It says, theirs is. Is means now. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is yours now. If you accept the fact that you are spiritually poor. That there are things that God wants to teach you. And so that's, that's oftentimes what we have, part of what we have to deal with uh, in the School of Kingdom Ministry is reversing that mindset. People come in there and they think, well, I can't do that. I can't pray for the sick. You know, it's this whole series of I can'ts. Well, I'm not this. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a seminary graduate. You don't have to be. That's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the spiritually poor. That means that all of us, that's the embodiment of what John Wimber was trying to say when he said everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to participate. And so part of what we want to do in this time of prayer is to not only pray for people who have needs and we want to I mean, the one thing that occurred to me was that Chip rattled off a lot of different situations and uh, mindsets and memories and all kinds of things and if you got if you kind of felt like the Holy Spirit pointing at you when he said something then I think that's him, that's, that's the way God's going to point out something that he would like you to get prayer for, to really deal with that. However, if in that laundry list of issues that he went through, there's nothing in there for you or there's nothing that is really sort of pointing to you, there's a couple of things that I would want to suggest that maybe you can do in this ministry time as a way of everyone getting to play. 
you notice around the room we have pictures on the walls. Those aren't just pretty pictures. That's the, the visual representation of what our vision statement says. That talks about worship. That talks about diversity. That talks about scripture. That talks about going outside the walls of the church. That one talks about spiritual gifts. Go to one of those pictures and pray for that aspect of our vision to become a reality. The other thing you could do is that we've got a board full of names back there. Those are names that people in this church have put on that board because there are folks in their lives that they want to see come to Jesus. Go back to that board. Pray for the whole board. Pick up a card or two. And just pray for that one person. But engage in this time that, we, that we're providing. Father, I thank you for all the different ways that you show us that we can bring the kingdom to bear on our world, on our church, on our families. Father, I pray that anyone here who was impacted by Chip's message in a way that told them that that's something that they need to deal with. I pray right now that you would give them the courage to come forward and receive prayer for that thing. Bless all of those who are gathered here today. Bless them as they go forth from this place to actually be your hands and feet in the world. Help us to no longer walk past the broken and the hurting people in this world, but instead to stop. And to do the thing that you have called us all to do. We pray that we would all be filled to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray you have a wonderful week and touch many lives for Jesus this week. And we'll see you again soon.